Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning. We do give you glory. Father, we thank you for the blessing of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father God, that we're in your presence. We thank you, Father, that we do call you Father and you do call us your children. We thank you, Father, that we are in your care. We give you glory. We give you honor. And Father God, today, Father God, that your words come forth out of my mouth as they should, and that we hear your words, Father God, as we should, and apply them to our lives as we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, you know, we have looked at the importance of our identity in Christ. We've seen where demons know who Jesus is. And they know someone who has Jesus in them. We also found out that somebody who doesn't have Jesus in them doesn't work so well. (laughs) Today we're going to talk about stolen identity. So identities are being stolen every day. I mean, it's just, it's like, I wish these people that put their time into stealing identities and stuff would put it into something good. Can you imagine? (laughs) You know? But... There was a time, some of you remember and some of you are younger and don't, there was a time where our social security numbers had written on them in bold letters not to be used for identification. Now you need one to get a a cell phone. Every bank has to have one. Everything you do that purchases something on communication, TVs, I need your social security number. They do these for uh, credit history checks to see what your debt score is. And identity theft isn't something new. The devil was the first to steal an identity. So here we have the devil. This is not a scam. Give your social security and credit card number for your chance at $10 million. I'm sure you've all heard about the Nigerian prince and all that kind of stuff. And sad thing is, you see this every day where people fall for something like this. Uh, your social security number's been hacked, your credit card's been hacked. But the devil is the one who stole the first identity. Genesis 3, 1 through 7, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord had made. And he, Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the servant, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, except the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, he never said that. You ever notice that? He just says, don't eat of it. She added a little something there. But the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil, and blessing and calamity. And when the woman saw the tree was good, suitable and pleasant for food, and that it was delightful to look at, and the tree was to be desired in order to make one wise, she took the fruit and ate, and she gave some also to her husband, and he ate, and the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made apron-like girdles for themselves." So identity theft is one of those things that people get real spooked about. We just recently had kind of an identity theft scare where we got a letter from, uh, excuse me, the Minnesota Department of Revenue asking me for um, 
records of my um, charitable giving. We don't file taxes in Minnesota. <laughs> so I said, yeah, this is a scam. So I called up our attorney general and I called up his office and I called up, uh, we have uh, Xander Insurance covers identity theft issues. We got those people involved and come to find out it was a legitimate letter. So now I'm looking at this thing. They've got our social security numbers. They've got our full names. They've got our mailing address. What more do they have? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we went through the whole thing. We froze our credit. We did all that stuff so people couldn't go out there and try and get loans and stuff against it. I called three times to my CPA to find out, you know, if there was something, you know, there we needed to do. Come to find out that she had inadvertently filed a Minnesota income tax. <laughs> so after all that anxiety and all that getting that, come to find out it was just a mistake because she had something come with a Minnesota address and she filed. And she filed last year's, where 2019 and 2020. But 2020, they're asking questions. But there's things like that come out. Thing is that identity theft from Satan is ongoing today. And how many ministries have been ruined because they lost their identity over time? And one of the things that I was, I was, the Lord was dealing with me on as I, was, as I was preparing this message, how many churches have been started? I shouldn't say churches. I, I guess in a sense, how many religions have been started in the sense that the Holy Spirit moved on somebody? He began to preach the word, Holy Spirit working in power and signs and wonders. And then down the road, it all goes away. We have so many churches. We have, there's one denomination that has the spirit of the dove coming down. They were on fire, Holy Ghost people at one time, speaking in tongues, believing for all the miracles. And yet at some point in there, they decided that we don't need that anymore. You know, there's so many people that are out there saying, well, you know, tongues aren't for today. I mean, there's one scripture in there, in the Bible, where it says that tongues will be no more, knowledge will be more. Well, we still have knowledge. Why wouldn't we have tongues? But they take that out. So the devil has been stealing identity for a long, long time. And one of the things he's been stealing is the identity of the Holy Spirit. Because we've gone from the knowing, it seems good to me in the Holy Ghost, to well, I just don't feel it today. I don't feel like the Lord is working. I don't feel like that is the message. And so where does the devil work at us? He works at us in our thoughts and emotions. That's where he's forever dealing with us. So in 2 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11, it says, if you forgive anyone anything, I too forgive that one. What I have forgiven and what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sakes in the presence and approval of Christ the Messiah. To keep Satan from getting the advantage over us, we are not ignorant of his wiles and intentions. He has wiles and intentions, and every one of them is rooted in your soul. Every one of his wiles is rooted in your soul. What do you feel about that? What do you think about that? How are you offended by that? How are you happy by that? What makes you feel good? 
you know, Josh and I were talking about an energy drink. He's getting back there, and he says, well, you know, after a while, coffee doesn't work, and then Mountain Dew doesn't work, and so then i got to try this. <laughs> and, and the sad thing is, when we, in the, we in our relationship with the Holy Ghost sometimes get like that. You know, we, we've had a lot of people give us condolences about Brenna, and it's been wonderful. But one of the things that I've noticed is that so many of them don't look at the Holy Spirit who's in us, who gives us comfort, who watches over us and guards us. It's, oh, God, God loves you. God's going to do this. God's going to do that. And, and I'm thankful for those things, but the thing is God's done what he's going to do. He's sitting on his throne in heaven having done all he's going to do. And he sent his son Jesus to finish up the old covenant and enter us into the new covenant. And in entering this new covenant, he gave us a guarantee who was the Holy Ghost. And that Holy Ghost is in us today. And we live in that. So Ephesians 6.11, it says, put on the whole armor. The armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies. That you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and deceits of the devil. Now, what are his strategies and deceits? I wrote this down in my Bible several years ago. His wiles are thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. And those are those things when we come into issues of health or finances or relationships, too often we are moved by what we feel and see rather than what seems good. Because the devil will tell you all sorts of things. Believe me, we've gone through this, and he does. And the thing is, he's relentless in those areas. That's why we need to be relentless in listening to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is going to lead us and guide us into all truth. And truth is the important thing. The devil is going to lead us into feelings. Feelings lie. Is it cloudy today? I feel bad. Is the sun shining today? I feel good. Do I have to mow the lawn? I feel bad. Is the lawn mowed? I feel good. You know, you just kind of, <laughs> you know... But the truth is, we are led by the Spirit of the living God. We can't be led by feelings. The Spirit of truth whom the world... This is, excuse me, John 14, 17. Uh, we got this from Leanne Sosby. She just pounded this into us. And for Tuesday morning prayers, we just pounded this out. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, welcome, takes to its heart. Because it does not see him or know him or recognize him. But you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. So why is this important? Because we are so locked into feelings, we sometimes forget that the Holy Ghost has got words for us. And we forget sometimes that we do know him. We do know him. And he knows us intimately. And our job is to know him intimately. We need to be in that place where when in the morning we get up and we cry, thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, thank you, Holy Spirit. Because he is the one that's at work in the world today. Jesus is sitting in his throne with a finished work. God is sitting on his throne with a finished work. So the one who's doing the work today is the Holy Ghost. And he's the one that's helping us. He's the helper. He's the one that brings us through these things. We need to know and recognize him. We need to be praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 
So Bob Yandian has this quote that I got from him today. And this was important. This really, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. This really struck out to me. Even Jesus, who had the Holy Spirit within him, would not begin to minister until the Holy Spirit came on him when he was baptized by John at the Jordan River. We need our Jordan River experience today. There is a world of hurting people who are desperate in need of ministry. They do not need a list of impossible rules, empty philosophies from powerless Christians, but powerful demonstrations of the only true and living God. They want to see God in action in their lives and in believers' lives. You know, <clears throat> the idea of signs and wonders isn't for you and me. I mean, it feels good. It looks good. It gives you, you know, that kind of, ooh. But it's for those who don't know Christ. And this is why the devil has been so strong and so in, in instance, what am I trying to say? Insistent. <clears throat> I did take English in high school. Uh, he's so insistent about getting us away from the Holy Ghost. Because he knows that if you have signs and wonders following, people cannot argue with that. Now, they can argue with your born-again experience. Well, that's good for you. I'm glad you're happy there. And they can do that. And you can minister to somebody about how good you feel about being born again. And he'll say, yeah, that's, that's awesome. But what's, what is it for me? The thing about the signs and wonders following is that they can't argue with that. How do you argue with somebody whose hand grows out? Now, we know in the, in the Gospels that there were some leaders in the church that looked at that, and they had to go, hmm, let's kill Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand it, but they could not. I mean, they didn't say that God didn't move his hand. They didn't say there was a miracle, but it was on the Sabbath. My word in the night. How would you dare do that? the Sabbath. I don't know. I'm working up here on the Sabbath. <laughs> so, the... Wow. Please silence. Please silence your cell phones. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a friend from Browning. <laughs> They just heard about Brenna, so I'm sure he's calling about that. But uh, <laughs> oh, where was I? Hallelujah! <laughs> yes, working on the Sabbath. Oh, hallelujah! God is so good. <laughs> but <laughs> let's see, where was I? Okay. <laughs> No, signs and wonders. I mean, I, too often we, we look at the, well, that was good for then. That was good for that time. We don't need it anymore because we absolutely we have doctors and we have psychiatrists and we have banks and we can get loans and we have credit cards and we can do all these things on our own to make our lives better. Which one of those things did God tell you to do? You know? So when we dig down into this, the reason the devil wants us to 
ignore the Holy Ghost and to get into religion. And I use that word religion ahead of time because that is what it is. The devil wants you in religion. The truth of the matter is the devil is the God and the leader of religion. The Bible says the only true religion is worship of the Father. But the, God gets, but the devil gets us into religion of doctrines and theologies and arguments and whatever feel good. And we come to this place sometimes now. I know the church that I was in as a young man. You baptize the baby. You baptize him in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And therefore, they're born again and they're filled with the Spirit. Nothing in Scripture tells you that. I take that back. There's one scripture in there that says, for by baptism you are saved. But then you have to ask, which of the four baptisms was it? You know, because they're talking about water. But what about baptism in the Christ? What about John's baptism? What about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? All four of those are in the New Testament. Which one was it? But let's just simplify it. No, they're babies. Let's take care of it. And what does that do? One of the things on Sunday when I asked the men to stand up for God and for their families. You got to make a display before the Father. I am willing. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to come forward. I'm going to have hands laid on me. I don't care who's looking. But we've gotten to this place where, well, some of you might think, might think I'm a bad person. Well, we are except for the Holy Ghost. Because <laughs> you know? in, our own, in our own way, we're going to mess up. But the Holy Ghost will always give us ways out. So Bob Yandian went on and said, For this reason, the same God who anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power wants to do the same for believers today. He wants to anoint us with the Holy Ghost and power. Now, we know when we were born again that the Holy Spirit came within us. That's how Jesus lives within us today. Um, excuse me. Last Sunday, I had mentioned that light doesn't take up volume. That is why he can be in you in light, and you can be fully, in, fully filled and flooded with light because he takes up no volume, but he takes up all of you. It's a beautiful thing. So he is in you. Now we get to that point of who's on you. Now we get to that place of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and that infilling where we feel upon us the power. And Jesus, some people forget this, but Jesus was a man. You cannot ever forget that. Jesus was a man. That is why he could be the perfect sacrifice. He had to be a man. He couldn't just be God. He couldn't just be the Spirit. He had to be born of a woman. In this earth, he had to grow up in this earth. He had to mess his diapers. He had to do all that kind of stuff. He had to be like us. Because that is how he could satisfy the, the need of the sacrifice. Perfect. And yet he was acquainted with our sorrows. He was acquainted with sin. When we talk about identification, he was identified with our sin. God looked at him and identified him and says, you are taking on the sin of mankind. Everything that we did was put on him. You're taking on the disease of mankind. 
in Isaiah, how it talked about in Isaiah 53, when he looks forward in the spirit and he says that by his stripes you have him healed. He wasn't looking at Roman soldiers. He didn't see Roman soldiers at that time. They didn't know who, where Rome was. He was seeing God lay the stripes on Jesus. He was seeing God put our chastisement of our peace upon him. He was seeing God put our sins on him. Way back then. So when we identify him, we're identifying with all of that because that is who we become. The scripture says that we, in, in Colossians 2.20, it says that we are crucified with him. How, does that, how, how do I be crucified with him? I'm here. I'm alive. I haven't been nailed to a cross. But by faith, God looked and he says, you know, Rick, I'm going to crucify you with Jesus. And I'm going to send you to hell with Jesus. But you know what? I'm going to raise you up with Jesus. And that's how I get to sit at the right hand of the Father right now. In Christ Jesus. Raised up with him. Hallelujah. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, he still had to be loosed from the grave clothes that hindered him. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. The world still clung to him. Death still clung to him. But he was made alive by the power of the Holy Ghost, a sign and wonder. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. You are anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. I want you to understand this. If you can truly get this in, I have to get this into myself daily. I am anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. Daily. Daily. Because the devil's going to come around tomorrow and say, well, you sure didn't do much today. And he'll start putting thoughts in my head. You know, today we saw, um, kind of by accident, but it's how the devil works things, I guess, at times. Uh, Luann was looking for some music to play this morning while we were getting ready, and she turned it on and happened to go on to Facebook, and there was Brenna ringing the bell at the cancer center. You know? And right away, he's like, yeah, he failed. No, didn't fail. We don't fail. God did not fail. God did not fail. And we had to get to that place of just worship. And thankful that she's safe from him now. She's safe in the presence of the Father, and she's in our future. So we just give praise and glory to that. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit in us gives us life, but the Holy Spirit on us gives us power. So when Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, he was setting an example for you and me. We have to be anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. We have to move forward. And the thing is, as I said before, it doesn't make any difference if you feel goosebumps or anything else. The Holy Ghost and power is upon you. It's upon me. God is so good. God is so good. It closed our natural life for the believer with daily miracle power from God. You know, I guess it's one of the things that always seems kind of interesting. We, go to, we want to go to services like Leanne or, or Jim Hockaday or, or any of these pastors that we bring in from out. We bring them in. Because we want to go there because, you know, they got the anointing. So we wait, we wait, and we wait, and we get there, and then there's the anointing, and ah, and then we go home. Hmm, what changed? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't the Holy Ghost. Maybe it just felt good. No. Every day you are filled with the Holy Ghost and power. 
every day. Signs and wonders are capable of coming out of you because of who is in you. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me by the power of the Holy Ghost. So these hands have power to pass on anointing. What do we believe in? Hallelujah. This miracle power is for our life as a witness before the world. It opens us up to the supernatural gifts and demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, which are so necessary to win the lost. You know, folks, we have to get out of our comfort zones. That's a feeling. You understand? Comfort is a feeling. We need to get out of that. We need to put feet to our faith. We need to put hands to our faith. We can't just let it be lip service. I tell you, it's, it's easy to talk to somebody about Jesus and would you like to be born again? Well, maybe not really, you know. I'll wait. You know, I'm not ready yet. And they walk off and, well, I did my job. He cannot argue with a sign or a wonder. You know, it's um, back in the days of full gospel businessmen, uh, Demas Shakarian, who was the guy that started that, owned a dairy farm. It was a huge dairy farm in California. And uh, they got some people to come in and help him. And this gal wanted to plant a garden. And so Demas says, well, yeah, honestly, it'd be awesome to have a garden. He says, why don't you go over here? Because there's been a lot of manure and everything laid down over here. And, and so it'd be a great fertile place to go. And he says, well, thank you, but I think I'll just pray about it. You know, normally most of it would say, oh, yeah, that's rich soil. Let's go. Let's get it in there. But she walked around his property in the area that he had allowed her to go for a garden and was just praying in the spirit and just praying in the spirit. And she finally came to this spot that was kind of rocky and rough and weeds. And Thank you, Father. And she plowed it up and she planted her garden. And demons is like, city people. But that garden grew. And it was a testimony to Demas Shikarian, the founder of Full Gospel Businessmen, that God moves on anybody with a vision. You know, and this garden grew in rocky soil. And it's like there's no myrtle, there's no fertilizer, there's nothing here. How did she get such a garden? Well, God gives the increase. He does that. He does that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Satan has empowered his followers in the earth, and God wants to empower us to courageously meet and defeat them. And the truth of the matter is he has, because he has empowered them with thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. That's how he moves in the unredeemed person. Everything is about how they feel. I mean, it's about how they wear. Am I wearing the right clothes? Do I have the right makeup on? Do I have the right perfume? Do I have the right shoes? Do I have, am I really putting forth that example that people who see me would say, yeah, you know, there's a successful person. Yeah, there's a person I want to be like. Do I fit in with my friends? And that's where he leaves us. And then if something doesn't go right, then, oh, maybe I need to go out and buy new clothes. Maybe I need to, maybe I need to join a new country club. Maybe I need to, you know, and that's what he does. And the sad thing is, a lot of us as Christians, we've fallen into that same pattern because we've forgotten who lives in us. And we don't take on who could be on us.
Hallelujah. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, we have to identify with the Holy Ghost in us because we're to be his witnesses. How do you be a witness to somebody you don't identify with? You know, people come along and say, well, can you identify him? Well, no, I know about him. I mean, the Bible says that he's, he's real. He's one of the three. But the truth of the matter is that we are to be witnesses to him, and the only way you can be a witness to him is to be identified with him. That's why identity is so important, that we identify with Christ in the finished work with the cross, we identify with Christ in the Holy Spirit, we identify with Christ in the Father, because the three of them live in us by the Holy Ghost. You know, you're full of power. You guys are dynamos. Dynamos. But you know the interesting thing about a dynamo, if you don't turn it on, it doesn't produce the thing. It sits there. So we, as believers, we have that dynamo in us. We need to turn him on. Father, bless me with your Holy Spirit that I might bless you in the things that you've asked me to do. Turn it on. Turn it on. Get it going. Get it going. Build it up. Get that speed up. And it says, and do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Ever. You know, one of the translations says, be being filled. I mean, a lot of us have gone to the fountain, we've taken a drink, and we walked away. And we got thirsty. But we didn't realize we've got to go back to the fountain again. The fountain of the Holy Ghost. The fountain of the Holy Ghost. It's on us. It's in us. It's around us. We need to be praying in the Spirit. We need to be ministering in the Spirit. We need to be moving those things. The Father was ministering to me just the other day about, about today. And it's not one of those things that I'm real comfortable with. Because sometimes I get in that feeling mode and I start to doubt myself. And I forget that it's not me. <laughs> you know? But it is the Holy Ghost. And he says that today, this morning, we're supposed to have some time in ministry. Which is different than most of our Wednesday morning Bible studies. But today we were supposed to have some time in ministry. And one of the things that he brought to me, especially brought to me, is that be being filled. Because we need that. We're moving into a season. And I just puts in my heart the things we're seeing out there but can't be moved by them but this thing that's in our heart we're moving into a season and it's going to be a season where we're going to be pressed that song that Joy sang on Father's Day about new wine the crushing and the pressing he's making new wine well new wine has to flow out of us see the wine that comes out of us has to be fresh it cannot be the wine of yesterday that was good for then. But we need the wine for today. And we're going to need the wine tomorrow for tomorrow. And we're going to need that. 
And the Holy Ghost is here and present to allow that wine to begin to flow through us again. Because there's going to be crushing and pressing. The devil wants to crush us. The devil wants to press us. He just doesn't understand that if we are filled with the Holy Ghost, he's just pressing out new wine. (laughs) It's just coming out. It's got to come out. Now today, we've got people in here that are going to be in faith kits. We've got people here that are going to be ushering and greeting. We've got people in here that are going to be altar care. We've got people in here that are going to be in worship and praise. We've got the kids giving their testimony. But today, you need the new wine. You need it today. And the Holy Spirit said, today. Hallelujah. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.